Patrick. Help! The hell are you? Help! <laughs> the hell are you doing? I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm a ghost, and I'm just a ghost. That's only really I, <laughs> only I may who play said, with stupid effects could, on this who show. Who said you're the only one that could do this? I, go, I oh, did. God a, damn it! I'm a ghost in Venice. Ooh. I just like if you turn it off auto adjustment. You just you turn into a horrible ghost, like a, like a really sad ghost that just goes to places that he wishes he could go. I don't even know where this place is. Like these bricks, for instance. These these squares, these colored squares. You're a ghost of color. God damn it, that is really it's really unsettling. dumb. I didn't like that. Yeah, it's really I didn't dumb. Care for it. Uh, so how how are you, Alex? It is Friday. We are almost at the weekend. Uh, it's true, we are. How has your week been? It's uh, my week has been all right. Uh, I got my NBA review done. Uh. Got a few other things done, some other stuff done. I have a lot of events coming up in the next couple of weeks here. A lot of games I'm going to be going to see over the next... So I've just kind of been preparing for that stuff. Have you... How, how have things been going over on your end? It's, it's good. Just getting ready for Shocktober. Had some, had some pretty exciting things uh, line up. You've, you've told me about a couple of them. I'm very excited for you about these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't let anyone tell you that sending an email to a random address on a website that looks like it doesn't work doesn't pay off. Because sometimes, yeah. sometimes it does. And Sometimes there's a man on the other end of that email address who can still help you. Yeah, totally, totally weird. Uh, yeah, so I've got, some, I've got some cool stuff uh, lined up for that. Uh, some people might be able to infer what that is, but people that don't, I'm going to continue to keep it a secret. And it's, now, it's emboldened me now. That it's like, if I have gotten this, like there are some other hail marys I can throw, that I might as well just go for uh, at this point. Yeah, why not? Um, but I've lined up a bunch of people that are a, a lot of it's interviews. Uh, a lot of it will be uh, I'm gonna finally do proper reviews of like Outlast and and Machine for Pigs and cool. got a bunch of blog posts uh, about horror games and I'm gonna publish uh, my Shocktober lineup of. Ideally, I would watch 31 films in October, but I don't actually do that. I probably watch about half, but I at least plan out uh, 31, 31 films, and um, and yeah, just a, yeah, and then a bunch of interviews planned that are both like people that are in games, like working on horror games or worked on horror games, and then people that uh, maybe just kind of touch horror in different ways. So uh, yeah, definitely exciting. So I'm looking forward to to working and, and publishing all that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, this week has been a lot of doing that, uh, and stressing out over this, this TEDx talk that I have to do next month. Yeah. Um, you've got that coming up, uh, pretty soon here. Yeah. Well, October 19th. So there's a, there's a couple of yeah. weeks, but I, the, today I have to turn in uh, a rough draft. And so a lot, like every night has been, I finish working, I eat dinner, I watch like an hour of television, uh, with, with Katie. And then it's just like staring at this document trying to not be embarrassed by it uh and then i felt like i finally i finally had a breakthrough last night uh, and then i feel like i'm not totally embarrassed and so then i sent it to a couple of people i trust that have done public speaking in the past and was like please rip this apart like i don't want to look like a total asshole uh the only thing that like completely worries me about this whole experience is that i am I don't have any problem at this point just going up on a stage and, and bullshitting, but um, I have to go up and speak for 18 minutes uh, without a prompter, and I have to sort of, like, actually say something interesting. So, uh, 
Yeah, that part freaks me out. See, I can say things that are interesting for a long time, as long as there is a prompter telling me the interesting things to say. I, I, if I had to memorize an entire thing and actually make it good, totally off the top of you know my own head, uh, there's a very good chance I would just melt into that stage. Like that would just be the 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 thing that finally did me in. Yeah. So I think the strategy that I've I've read about, and I think the one I'll end up employing is like you like me, like you know recite the speech over and over again so that at least at the at the very least what you do is you get the beats down of what the speech is right and then i'm allowed to have slides and the slides will mm. be largely to illustrate what i'm talking about but i can also use the slides to sort of like remind me of those beats and then if you do it enough times you know it's I, i'm not good at languages but i i made it through four spanish classes so i think i can at least uh get enough of it in in my head so I don't know. I'm just I have this huge relief off of me that at least I have 3400 words on a page that there's a document, there is something I could say. Hopefully I will get it in a better place. Um but now I can spend this weekend like actually playing Grand Theft Auto 5 and Rayman Legends and enjoying myself and not stressing awesome. not stressing about a thing that theoretically I have to get done. So Right. Um yeah, so that Grand Theft Auto is pretty good. You you uh, you you may enjoy it if you play some more. I am I'm I'm I am looking I am definitely looking forward to it, and uh, I feel like we're sort of now. It's actually interesting to watch the the wave of criticism that happens with games like yep. this. Uh, we're actually at, I think now the more interesting phase, which is that yeah. people have played decent chunks of the game and can start digesting uh, the moments that really stand out. It seems. Uh, the big takeaway from this game may not actually be, you know, you know, casual misogyny and racism, but may actually be this torture scene. Uh, I don't want to go into it because the game is still way yeah. too fresh, and I have not seen it yet. Uh, but I've definitely, I I've definitely bookmarked a bunch of articles that appear to have really thoughtful commentary on, uh, you know, something that is certainly a big conversation in American culture and American politics. Uh, and this is the the first time we've really seen it played out uh, in a game in an interactive fashion. So I'm I'm definitely interested to see and read more about that. Yeah, I, I'd say it's that. It, I think there is something to be said about some of the the the, the portrayals of, of women and minorities and stuff. There's also just there's there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there about the, some of the the later criticism I've been seeing just about you know kind of some of the just some of the tenets of that franchise that just have not continued, that have not aged well uh, alongside, you know, the way the kind of the, the conversation and the tone of, of, you know, just kind of gaming and society have been over the years. And that's, that's kind of been one of the more interesting things to me is just realizing that a lot of the things I really liked about GTA that I, that are, you know, front and center in this GTA are not necessarily, you know, to that game's benefit anymore. Are you, are you speaking uh, to the, the Tom Bissell article on Grantland? That's, a lot of yeah, the, the the Bissell article covered a lot of that stuff. Um, definitely some feelings that I've felt just playing through the game, just kind of things that have popped into my head as I've been doing certain missions and, and performing certain tasks and going, yeah, I don't know about this anymore, man. I don't know. I mean, it's it GTA Five is a ton of fun. I've been enjoying a lot of the the world exploration and and some of the missions, certainly the high stuff, especially. Um, but there's there's definitely a lot of moments in that game where I'm kind of looking at it, and I'm going. It's like someone told them other games exist and kind of told them what some of those things that they did to improve on open world stuff was, but then they never actually sat down to play it or try it or really cared to know about any of it. So it's it's kind of, it is, it, I mean, we've talked about it before, but it is amazing to me how in a bubble that game really does feel. Yeah, and, and, and for people who haven't read uh, Tom Bissell's article, I highly recommend it. He it continues to 
make me feel like a shitty writer every time he publishes something. Killing it. Um, he also, you know, categorizing what he wrote for Grand Land as a review, uh, I, I think it gets in a confusing territory. He, he is writing for a different audience, writing, you know, he, he's not writing. It's a different kind and it's, of it's, Yeah, it's, 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 it's actual. Like when we talk about criticism, yeah. that's what he's doing as opposed to right. uh, what a lot of game reviews are, which are, you know, A, still trying to find their voice, and then B, a mixture of, you know, a product review and uh, criticism. But anyway, so his, his right. sort of, like the end of his sort of the thesis of, of his uh, article is that maybe Grand Theft Auto just isn't for me anymore and that projecting yeah. what you want onto it uh, is maybe sort of a lost cause. I don't think that uh, absolves the Grand Theft Auto series from criticism, but no, I, no. I think there is a way – there's a tension in which I think some of the criticism is rooted in I love this thing. I care about this thing. I've grown up with this thing. Why isn't this thing growing up with me? And, uh, you know, sort of maybe trying to resolve that, which doesn't mean that you don't criticize the content that it has, but that also sure. maybe understanding uh, a little more of just what it is intrinsically, which I, I think is an interesting way to think about the, the series. I agree. Um, well, I think that's a, that's enough GTA talk for today. Yeah, we don't want to keep continuously inundate people with that stuff. And there's plenty but, of yeah. headlines to talk about. There, there's a lot oh, that yeah. went on this week. Um, do you want to do you want to kick us off with something? Yeah, I mean, we might as well kick it off with the the the, the Steam business because Valve has has sort of been kind of laying claim to this week uh, with three separate announcements. The third of which is coming today. But before that, on Monday, uh, Valve announced that they are making their own iOS uh, based off the Linux infrastructure. Uh, it is designed for living room machines. Uh, Steam machines. Which had not... Well, see, the, 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 so as of Monday, those had not been announced. So they were just like, oh, you know, these could run on living room computer machines. So they were like, okay, well, we know what's coming on Wednesday then, most likely. And then, lo and behold, the Steam machine was announced on Wednesday. Uh, these, these new living room oriented PCs uh, that will be coming from multiple manufacturers that uh, are being co-developed with Valve. This is all stuff we, like, the OS was not something that we specifically knew about, but, I mean, it seemed kind of to make sense in the context of what we already kind of suspected they were doing. Patrick, how do these announcements strike you based on what we had been speculating on for so long and now with the information we have in front of us? Uh, I don't know if they've earned the right to do three of these. Uh, based on uh, the fact that the Steam machines, while the additional details and the, the beta test, uh, certainly uh, interesting. Um, not not exactly a bombshell announcement. Like we sort of already knew a lot of this. This was just filling in the details. Um, you know, the OS is a that is worthy of its own announcement. Um, but I feel like that set a certain tone for what we were getting from the rest. And I'll be curious to see what the one is today, uh, based on how the the FAQ ends. Uh, on Wednesday, the sort of the big mystery yet to be filled in is the input device, uh, and it, it, they seem to be indicating that they're going to be building their own controller, and that uh, figuring out the intricacies of that controller uh, are going to be uh, predicated on user input in the same way the Steam machines are. So my guess is there will also be a controller that goes out. Maybe that controller will be more widely. Maybe that controller will only go with the 300 machines uh, that are going out um, based on Wednesday's announcement, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's all extremely interesting. Um, and I, what I really like about the details and the nuance when you look into what they're doing, they're just trying to offer a better way almost for other people or even for us that want to deal with less BS. But in no way are they introducing new restrictions at 
that go along with these new features. Uh, you know, there's no, you know, that was the big tension with Microsoft and the Xbox One was like, well, if you want all this fancy digital stuff, well, you know, then we're going to start locking you down and we're going to get DRM and always on. And with everything that Valve is doing, they're like, hey, we're going to make a box, but you can also upgrade it and you can you can hack it. And if they introduce a version of Steam with ads that somehow maybe subsidizes games or their subscription service, by making every the source code for Steam OS available, they're saying that basically someone can go in and strip all that stuff out. Um, right. And they, they seem okay with that. Um, you know, we'll see how that all plays out in, in practice, but they're setting a certain tone that is so opposite of what the console manufacturers do. Um, even, you know, a company like Sony that has been much more consumer-friendly that it's it's really welcoming. It's more just like, here's another option and, and not worrying so much about... Uh, I'm not sure they've considered the consequences, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel so much like, hey, we're giving you this, so we're taking this in exchange. Um, right. And, and it's a really friendly attitude to have to these new features. So I'm curious if there will really, I, I think it would be a little bit of a letdown if all we see today is a controller. Um, yeah. The idea that it's actually going to be Half-Life 3 is not something I actually no. expect, but I feel like Half-Life no. 3 is also in the category no. of The Last Guardian, um, which is just, don't worry about it. If it happens someday, yeah. then it happens. If not, I'm tired of worrying about it. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, it's definitely curious. It is definitely curious. It's not going to be Half-Life 3. No. It's never, it's never Half-Life 3, okay? It's never Half-Life 3. Get that through your heads, everyone. Uh, for me, this is interesting because I have never, ever considered getting uh, a computer for my living room before. That has never really seemed like something I ever needed. Uh, you know, I have consoles out there to play games and do plenty of other media things. The idea of adding a, a PC to my living room just seemed totally superfluous. If this is affordable and it's as functional as, you know, they say the iOS, or I keep saying iOS, I'm an idiot, sorry. Uh, <laughs> as, if it's functional as the OS uh, they say it is, uh, the streaming stuff works and the, the you know, the, the there's a good number of supported games because this is running off Linux infrastructure. So not everything on Steam is going to work on this right off the bat. Right. Um, because a lot of those games don't run off Linux, but that could change over time. And they'll stream. You know, that's sort of their backup. Yeah, and they'll stream. And that's and that's that's the key thing. If the streaming stuff works, because, man, I, I have tried doing media streaming before off other devices and it has driven me fucking crazy. Uh, it seems like this generation of hardware is going to find, you know, with the consoles and whatnot, are finally going to be the one to maybe get over that hump and actually make that stuff reasonably easy. We'll see. But if this works as well as they say, I might actually be bought in on this. I might actually be down because I play a lot of Steam games these days. Uh, I didn't used to do that. I didn't used to really play stuff on my PC. But at a certain point, you know, I got a PC that was good enough to play a lot of these console games and PC ports don't suck as often yeah. anymore. You know, a lot of these times these, this stuff actually works. So, you know, if I can just buy this stuff digitally off steam and it'll work on the, the steam OS and you know, I can play it in my living room. I, I can't see a lot of reason not to go that route. So long as it, you know, it's functioning and I can, I can upgrade it as necessary. It sounds great to me. Yeah. I mean, the, the real key here I think is going to be uh, a lot of the people that are interested in valves announcements, you know, I don't have numbers, but my guess is that a lot of them already have capable gaming PCs. Um, but it's the idea of getting this in the living room. And so yeah. uh, this high-end machine, which is the one they're going to be beta testing and sending out to 300 folks, uh, is is interesting, but is not the one I'm interested in. And so for me, it becomes a question of what is this low-end box? How does the streaming work? 
what flexibility does it have for different setups uh, for different houses, different apartments? How is it actually going to function in, in an actual uh, environment that is not, you know, the very controlled and tested one that they have been building it in? Um, and what's it going to cost? Uh, you know, the Apple TV is a uh, knee-jerk purchase. It's 99 bucks, And I, I, I adore my Apple TV if only for the function of AirPlay, of being able to send videos from my phone uh, and my iPad and watching them on my TV. That was worth 100 bucks for me. And having access to iTunes and stuff like that is, is fine and dandy too. But at 99 bucks, it wasn't, I didn't have to consider it too much. Uh, I, could, I could afford that in, in the right circumstance. Uh, so whatever Valve's low-end box, that price is pretty key to me. Like if it's going to be a streaming box, but it still costs like 249 like that's, that's probably uh, pretty crazy. But if we're looking at a $99 box that is a capable piece of streaming hardware, you know, that, that gets more interesting. And, and that's where, uh, you know, I'm, we're probably not going to know too much about that till early next year when they've, they've said that some of this stuff will start rolling out. But that's, that's when it starts to actually get uh, really interesting to me. But this SteamOS stuff is also fascinating because you you know, you had Stardock coming out this week validating Valve's claims that uh, the Steam OS, um, you know, using a Linux kernel uh, is faster than, uh, at least performance-wise, for their games um, than what they're getting out of Windows. And that sounds really compelling. And maybe that, the idea that they're on Linux means that they can make cheaper boxes that can run the games um, and thus be more affordable because they can just sort of code to, to the box uh, in a way that you can't do on, on Windows. So... Still a lot of questions, for sure. I always I always very much enjoy it when people are actually able to to shit talk something like Windows endlessly and then actually put their money where their mouth is. Because Gabe Newell has done nothing but talk shit about Windows for a very, very long time. Yep. And, you know, obviously he hasn't necessarily been in a position to really do anything differently other than just say, well, I hate Windows, so I want to make sure that, you know, stuff we make works on all these other platforms. Now he actually has his own damn OS and he can do what he wants, you know, on, on this Linux infrastructure. And he can actually, you know, back up all that shit talking he's done of Windows over the years. Not saying Windows hasn't deserved it, because Windows has been kind of a shit show for a long time. Right. But it's just it's just actually kind of nice to see someone actually do something about it instead of just shit talking it. Yeah. And then, you know, <clears throat> simultaneously, the, the family sharing stuff has started uh, going out to beta testers uh, and those that have press accounts on Valve, of, of which I, I have one. And... Uh, you know, came into the first limitation of family sharing, which makes sense. And maybe this was something will change over time. But, um, you know, it's not as simple unless I missed something. But I, I really don't think I did. It's not as much as like I, I can't just say, hey, I'm going to authorize Alex. And then like you click a link and then your, your machine right. is authorized to uh, access my library. Like I have to go to your computer, log in and mm -hmm. then authorize that computer. Then I log out. Then you log in. And then you can access uh, my library when I'm not using it. Um, I, I I get why they have that barrier so that, that there's a physical element and or you have to trust someone with your username and password. And the kinds of people you would trust with your username and password are probably going to be close friends and family. Um, but I, I can't help but be a little disappointed that I, I can't just authorize it remotely maybe that's something that will come eventually but maybe that gets you know a little too loose in terms of uh, how they want to allow people to share that stuff um, but it, it's it's cool but yeah the limitations in place certainly make it uh, sort of a limited feature in terms of uh, how many people will actually end up using it I think word all right what do you got next headline wise uh, ba, 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 ba. 
See, uh, former Epic Irrational head Rod Ferguson starting a yes. new 2K studio. He uh, left Irrational back in April. Uh, he came on. Yes. Jeez, I don't know. Sometime in, in 2012 uh, to essentially. He was there for about a year, I think, almost. Yeah, to essentially get Bioshock Infinite out the door. You know, from what I had heard about that project uh, was that they they needed a closer. Uh, and, and Rod Ferguson has become uh, pretty famous as uh, from his dealings with uh, folks like Cliff Bozinski at Epic and then coming in uh, and dealing with Ken Levine, uh, basically being able to take a look at a project and realize this is what we need to do in order to hit this ship date. And so that's what he did with... He's a closer. Yeah, and that's what he did with Infinite. And so I guess he's been rewarded uh, for getting that game out the door, it being you know uh, a critical and commercial success. And now he gets to head up uh, his own studio. Um, I, I doubt he will be sort of a design lead, but he is certainly going to be the head uh, of the studio. And, you know, I'm curious to see what they let him go and do. I, I can't imagine this is going to be yet another Bioshock studio um, after right. the debacle that was kind of 2K Marin. I liked Bioshock 2, but, you know, then when they tried to pivot to XCOM, you know, sort of, sort of a mess. I'm not sure a closer could have done anything for uh, that game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely curious to see what sort of leeway they give him. Uh, it seems like right now I wouldn't be surprised if we see a bunch of headlines which it, that are, hey, Take-Two is using all this GTA money to invest in a bunch of new IPs and risk-takers to hopefully establish a bunch of new things uh, for the next generation uh, because, uh, you know, who knows if we get another Bioshock, but I, I don't think they can sort of milk Bioshock in the same way that they did uh, for the last five years. Now, we don't know at this point at all uh, anything really about the project that he's presumably working on. And we don't really know who he's brought in at all for that studio at this point, right? No, no. He, he, he All he did was tweet out that he was, uh, it's official, I'm launching a new studio for 2K in the Bay Area with an exciting new project. Details soon. Uh, my guess is pretty soon he's going to be going on a hiring spree is what those details yeah. mean and not that we're actually going to hear about of what he's up to, but who knows? I mean, you know, it has, it yeah. ha, it's been since April. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll get some details soon, but my, my guess is uh, we may just get some broad strokes of what scope the game is. Uh, and then uh, trying to get some, some people in there. It's, it's probably going to be a shooter. Sure. <laughs> I am, I am curious what this does end up meaning for, for 2k Marin. Cause I've, I've heard some grumblings before that, you know, the, a, the Bureau probably isn't selling that great. Oh, and two, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't heard any, much of any, any rumblings about that game since it came out, pretty much. Right. And if you're opening another studio in the Bay Area, uh, you know, kind of where you already have a studio up in Marin, you know, I'm wondering if maybe they're thinking about, you know, splitting some stuff out or doing some stuff there. I don't know. That's just me speculating, uh, just based on a few dumb rumors mm -hmm. that I've heard here and there, but... I worry about what could be up with those guys because, you know, 2K Marin, they have obviously, like, I, Bioshock 2 is an interesting game, and, you know, I thought, uh, did they do, did they, they did Spec Ops too, right? Or no, was that, no, no, was no, that, Spe no, Spec who Ops did, was who a, did Spec Ops? It was, it was not an, <clears throat> not an internal team. That was not an internal team, okay. Well, they did do the Bureau, which had some promise, but did not uh, completely come together, right. so I don't know. I, I, I hope things turn out okay for that team, and I certainly hope things go well for, uh, for Ferguson and his team because... You know, that guy has, has, has a good history, and I'm curious to see what he can do with his own studio at this point. Yeah, that is true. What else you got? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, Patrick, I want to talk to you about this, because this, uh, this is very important news. Okay. The first trailer 
for the Need for Speed film has arrived. Yeah, and, and here. let us disclose, we explored all avenues to try and stream this and watch this, but it turns out the YouTube app, which is built into the Hangouts, uh, does not function uh, during a Hangout on air. Uh, it only is right. a local Hangout, um, I'm, I imagine, for bandwidth concerns. Uh, that's too bad, uh, but yeah, uh, that, that, that trailer's not very good. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, it is exactly as weirdly heavy-handed as a movie called Need for Speed starring Jesse Pinkman should not be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is dour in a way that, you know, a movie ostensibly about cars going real vroom vroom fast around a lot and occasionally exploding should not be. Uh, but here's what does give me some mild amount of hope for that film. Uh, one, it does star Jesse Pinkman, yep. and you don't you don't hire Aaron Paul unless you are going a little bit over the top with that. He's movie. gonna scream. He's gonna cry. Yes. He's good at doing yes. both of those. Very good. Yes. Two, Michael Keaton's in it. Really? Was he in the trailer? Yes. No, he's not in the trailer, but he's in the movie. He is the mysterious benefactor that is like running all the crazy street races. Apparently, like, is it possible that the trailer is trying to sell this as serious drama but it's secretly a b-movie i don't think it's that secretly a b-movie because if the original video they put out for that thing uh, a while ago which wasn't even really a trailer it was like the director the e3 video like yeah that video just was like him talking about oh man it's about high octane action cars going fast and blah, 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 you know like that nailed it yeah that to me said Accurate. okay well this is this is what a need for speed movie makes sense as so i think it's still that i don't think they i mean i imagine yes there is some like probably some fairly terrible character drama in there somewhere mm-hmm. but i don't think that's the crux of the movie i think the crux of the movie is cars going fast i hope so because that's great that, yeah like it seems like this should just be a Fast and Furious ripoff, which was what I expected yeah. it to be. And then the trailer dropped, and I it was hard to tell whether, yeah, they were just trying to, like, counter-program by having a tonally different trailer, or right. if this is actually what it's going to be, like, they're going for a serious drama. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if that the trailer was sort of tonally different than what we get in, or, or less, the, the, the trailer shows less of the fun or the craziness that will be in the movie because they're trying to capitalize on the fact that breaking bad is ending and you know, Aaron Paul is getting a lot of uh, acclaim for his, you know, dramatic acting in and, and rightfully so he's doing a, he's doing a wonderful job. And so you would, you would want your trailer to drop in the middle of breaking bad ending, highlighting what he is being highlighted for in breaking bad. I I can see why there would be sort of trailer synergy there. Um, but yeah, I hope it's a little. If they really want to do that. They should have had him say "bitch" somewhere <laughs> just, just to just just to really kind of just hammer that point home. Just you know? staring really at the, the camera, and just bitch. Yes, and yes. Just like holding magnets, just like dropping a bunch of magnets. Um. So I uh, yeah. Really, I mean, at this point, that movie just needs to be a more expensive version of Redline, and I think that you know. That I think the actual movie will probably be something pretty close to that. Um. I don't know. I always thought a Need for Speed movie was kind of dumb to begin with because, I mean, who cares about the plot in Need for Speed games except for that one that had Razor Callahan mm-hmm. in it? Um, but And it's obviously he's not playing Razor Callahan, so who gives oh, a shit? Oh, man. What if, though, like, it wasn't based on that, but they 
What if there's a what if there's a character named Razor? Man, that would be awesome. Uh, you will see me giggling like a like a, like a happy little schoolgirl uh, if 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 that comes to fruition. What I was gonna say though is, no matter how dumb this movie turns out to be, it can't possibly be dumber than a than a Gran Turismo game. There's there's no there's no way that this you know at least there's some kind of conflict in Need for Speed that exists that you could build off of. Yeah, that Gran, Gran the, Turismo the, is just a just a, it's a screensaver of a game. It's just a ton of pretty cars driving. That's it. There's nothing else. Yeah, that that premise they're talking about for the movie of it's like what is the premise? Oh, you know, oh, I, the premise I believe is a a race car driver who is influenced by playing the game like that's what drives okay. him to be like a professional driver is so this game so is it's so like the driving game for, it's a driving game version of the wizard is what you're saying yeah yeah okay yeah all right i don't know i just these fran like need for speed at least sounds like it could be like you hear that and you're like okay sure that could be a movie franchise like gran turismo i just think like gran torino like i <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. know. Maybe Which is that's not the just, same thing at all. Maybe but. that's just me. Although, if you want to put Clint Eastwood being f- super racist in the Gran Turismo movie, then then you have sold me on seeing that film. Sure. Yes, he is racist toward cars that are not American. <laughs> that is. Uh, that well, is he was in that, that Ford that commercial, right? He was. Right. You know. Uh, all right. All right. That's that's all I got to say about that. What do you got next? Uh, Star Citizen, which is the new. Uh, in development, a crowdfunded game uh, from Chris Roberts, uh, who you would know from Wing Commander and, and Origin. Uh, that game has raised more than $20 million in crowdfunding, which is just, I cannot even fathom that number. Like, they've done a lot of private funding on, on the side where they've continued to raise money through their site. Uh, I don't have the number here in front of me, but I remember someone sort of crunched the numbers and. Uh, the ratio of backers to uh, to funds makes the average backer just ast- astronomical. Like I think it's like right. well over a hundred dollars or, or something like that. Um, and in the tra- they put out a trailer as part of a I think it was an AMD event uh, this week, and the game looks fucking cool. Like you know I, I was huge into Wing Commander uh, back in the day and the X Wing and Tie Fighter games. And it's been a long time since we've had a proper sort of like space sim. Uh, I got really into the Colony True. Wars games. I would if there is any sort of like old Cygnosis franchise that I would love for Sony to revisit, it is not Wipeout. Like, please go make yeah. a modern Colony Wars game. Like that game was gorgeous and fun to play, and I would I would do anything for another one of those. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Star Citizen, but it's I have not yet. Yeah, highly highly recommended. I'm just I'm just amazed at the amount of support they have gotten uh, for the game. You know, you've got. That's a crazy ass number. It is a really crazy number, twenty million. Um, but you know what? They're going for it, and people are supporting them. And they've put out stuff so far. There's a hangar demo, or I guess I think it's called a hangar module, uh, for people that have backed the game. And if you you can still back it and get access to it, uh, that basically allows you to sort of walk around a hangar that will uh, eventually, you know, be in the actual game. It's just impressive all around, and uh, I, I, I hope it turns out to be good. Uh, because if you're raising that much money, uh, the stakes seem awful high. But uh, yeah, just a just a crazy number. I don't even twenty million dollars. I don't even know what to do with that kind of money. Uh, it's, uh, smarter yeah, people it's than just, I. It's, 
it's just crazy to actually think about that as a crowdfunding number because you know you think about the number it's like you said the the apparently the 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 top donations are are pretty in the high range but like the sheer volume of people that would have to get together to make that number happen is is pretty insane i mean it's hard enough to get people you know rounded up to do something that's really obviously a popular franchise reboot or something like that you know so seeing some this many people get together for something like that is is kind of nuts but i love it i love that it happened i love that they, they are they are at that kind of number and they are they're working toward it and i will check out that trailer as soon as this is done because that sounds like it could be pretty cool yeah it looks uh it looks really nice all right well you got anything else in your end yeah i got a couple more okay. uh we talked a little bit about this before uh, with the, the college football stuff, and I know most people tend to have their eyes roll back in their head as soon as we're talking about sports, so I'll make this quick. It is. You, uh, this is fascinating, though, I think. Yes, this is kind of fascinating because it's like there's this whole legal thing uh, with EA and the NCAA and the College Licensing Corporation and all that stuff where they – at one point, it looked like EA was still going to make a college football game next year uh, despite the fact that they had sort of separated from the NCAA to basically try and get out of the way of this crazy lawsuit that's going on between uh, players and the NCAA over likenesses and rights. And basically, basically college players want to get paid. That is, that is the ultimate thing in all of this. They want to be you know compensated for both their efforts and uh, their likenesses being used and their names being used and all that stuff. EA has been well, trying to like, find a way like out of this for like, a while. Yeah, and like, to make that clear, like you, you know, uh, when you are a collegiate athlete, you can't, you know, accept endorsements, you can't sign autographs and take money for that. Like, not only do you not make make money from being a collegiate athlete, you know, but you can't you can't yeah. go outside of that. And if you look, you know, was it uh, Johnny Manziel is a name you should look up if you want to see a really talented guy who has gotten in in hot water over doing some of this stuff but th- th- that's and only gotten a slap on the wrist for right it, really. right and, th- and that's where the tension of this exists is is that they are not allowed to indulge in their own popularity uh, and then also don't make any money off of people making money on the backs of their popularity so continue yeah so EA and the College License Corporation were also involved in this lawsuit that's going on right now uh, over the likenesses in the game and such. And so the so EA has settled the suit. They are out of the suit. Uh, they have settled with the, the 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 plaintiffs. And on top of that, they are not making a game next year. Uh, originally, they believed that they would be able to do so because uh, most of the major conferences were still you know obviously uh, tied to the College Licensing Corporation. But then different conferences started getting, you know, saying they didn't want to do it. Uh, a bunch of schools dropped out. So EA has just said, nope, we're not doing one next year, which is the first time in a very long time that EA has not done any college football game that I'm aware of. Um, are they going to maintain that line even though the lawsuit's been settled? It, it, yeah, I think that they're still not going to do one next year. Now, they're still leaving it open to the idea that they could, you know, bring it back at some point. I think once all this kind of gets sorted out with the NCAA and, you know, the people kind of get a sense of, like, where the money is. Like, if, is the money going to start going to the players? You know, are we going to have to start paying royalty fees, you know, to that kind of stuff? Is there going to be some sort of, uh, you know, collegiate players union or something that we're going to have to deal with? There's a whole lot of unknowns right now is that I think that's why EA is just sort of like slowly backing away saying, look, you guys sort this shit out over here. We're going to wait. We can make another game. That's not that hard. We just take last year's Madden engine and then like erase all the names and then just put numbers on it. And then there are fight songs and there you go. Enjoy. So it's not hard for them to get back into this if they want to. The problem is there's so many unknowns and there's so many weird things going on and the NCAA is still being so hostile to this whole paying players thing 
that they can't really do anything especially if schools are going to start dropping out and saying no we don't want to license our school to this and you know it's like at a certain point you have half the available schools and that's not a game that's not a game anyone wants to play because it's not authentic and, well and also and that's no part of the appeal is that you can yeah. play as your alma mater or you, you know you whatever your if whatever your favorite team is is having those those logos and those fight songs and those schools is the part of the reason you're playing this game right like it's it's why people don't sell or you know you go look at backbreaker like it's why you don't sell a fo- an NFL game without the players and the teams like it's it's just part that's a huge part of the appeal besides you know building a, a solid game right so you know with that in mind there is no college football next year uh you know I imagine some people are probably pretty bummed about that, but, you know, considering everything going on, I can't see a scenario in which this could have really gone any other way. Like when it's when, when EA was just talking about making college football 2015 or whatever, uh, I was, I I remember thinking to myself, well, if everybody's on board, I guess this works, but is everybody going to be on board? And then lo and behold, like a week later, a bunch of schools started dropping out. So it was like, there's just no way to do it. And, you know, I, for my money, I totally think players should get paid. I, I totally think that, that this is the way the tide is turning. I think that for a very long time, the the especially on the football side, a uh, lesser degree on the basketball side, uh, the NFL and the NBA have basically gotten free minor leagues for years. You know, they've, they've basically not had to build their own farm system because they have one right there, ready-made for them, you know, for as long as they want it. And so, you know, it... it, it at a certain point that was going to have to get fixed and it's still going to have to get fixed because there's too much money going around to the people not actually doing the work. The coaches are getting paid exorbitant amounts of money. The people in charge, the people in charge of the departments are getting paid, you know, crazy amounts of money. I I, I saw some random headline, but the one, some athletic director at one of the schools who was complaining about the idea of paying for athletes was, you know, he's making $900,000 a year. It's like, well, of course you can be in a position to to file that complaint when you're the one going home with, you know, nearly six figures. Nearly a million dollars a year. Yeah. And it's like there are coaches that are making like five million dollars a year uh, at, at some of the biggest schools. And that's fucking crazy when you consider that, you know, all the players get is like, you know, I mean, yes, they get it. They get a scholarship. They get an education. That is a key thing. And that is an important thing. But they should, you know, they also don't really get much to live off of. And they can't, you know, do anything to sort of uh, further their own personal, you know, their name or their brand or anything uh, other than just existing within the the structure of, you know, a a noteworthy school. That's the only thing you can do is just try to go to the best school to get you the most exposure. Or get a fake girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, and I think that's going to have to change at this point. And once that does... You know, I imagine that EA will probably want to get back into it, though I also wonder how much EA is really going to want to get back into it if they have to start paying a whole bunch of royalties to a whole bunch of players. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, and and I think what's going to be curious is, uh, you know, some of the – there was an internal memo either on, on Polygon or Kotaku where they talked about how, you know, the, these both these games are built in Florida at the Tiburon Studio in, I think, Orlando. And they don't have a game to put – uh, the the team that builds the college games on necessarily like they're there to build the college games every year and they're going to try and reappropriate these people and they, I think the, the the phrase was that most of the jobs will be saved um, but that's you know I mean I don't think it's as simple as if they decide to get back in it you know if they figure out the money side they're not going to be able to just slot a team back in especially if this goes on for a year or two 
and then they have to build a whole new collegiate team all over again. Um, so it's a lot of balls in the air that are really confusing, um, and it's, it's going to be – Balls in the air. Yeah. I just, where, where's your sound effect? I thought I thought you'd do I, th- I thought you'd be ready with it. There you go. See, see. Uh, so it'll be curious to see what happens, but I, I think it's a, a fascinating story. Uh, even if you don't really follow football or play football games, uh, just sort of that tension between um, people making a lot of money and not wanting to give that money to the people that are sort of building that money for them uh, is is fascinating to watch. Agreed. Um, I don't got a whole lot left. I don't know what you got. Oh, I, how, how about I just get pissed off for a little bit about this Nosgoth game? Okay, yeah, tell me about Nosgoth because I, I, so I, I'm, a, I'm a legacy of Kane dabbler. I've certainly, you know, I've, I've played some of the games over the years, and I'm, I'm aware of the franchise. I, I think it's, it's pretty good. I don't know a goddamn thing about this Nosgoth thing except for the fact that everybody seems pretty pissed off about it. Tell me more, Patrick. Well, so I, Legacy of Kane, uh, put aside the first Blood Omen, uh, the original game, which I, I have I have played but don't have any particular fondness for. I'm specifically speaking about the Soul Reaver end of Legacy of Kane. Uh, absolutely sure. one of my favorite franchises. Like, I mean, Amy Henning, you know, wrote the stories for these. So big shock that they're wonderful and, and, and really interesting. Um, some of my favorite games of that era, I played the original Soul Reaver like multiple times, I beat it on PS2. I beat it on Dreamcast when they put out the better version looking of that. I beat it again on PC. I, I was obsessed with that game. And uh, even though the way that franchise went out wasn't particularly great as they sort of col- closed the, the Soul Reaver arc, just really great characters, uh, a fun, interesting world that had very like really interesting dynamics between the idea of vampires and humans, had a really progressive a crazy uh, gameplay mechanic uh, early on where you were switching between different worlds that transformed the environment around you. Just awesome. Just awesome top to bottom. And I was fine with the fact that the franchise was basically dead. Uh, but Nosgoth is sort of insulting and infuriating because it looked like they were trying to get the franchise off the ground. There was a there's abandoned concept art and uh, design work uh, floating around for... I think it's called Black Sun or something along those lines. But basically, Crystal right. Dynamics was building a big-budget, next-gen Legacy of Kane game. They've been rumored to be doing that for a number of years now. Uh, and I guess that game got canceled. In in right. Alongside that, they were building this game called Nosgoth, which was going to be a multiplayer-only... Uh, I don't know if it's free-to-play, but let me take a wild guess and say free-to-play. Uh, take on that universe, which... You know, if paired with a single-player game, I think, sure, whatever. That's, you know, that's fine. Like, that is that that is no sweat off my back. But the fact that they, they canceled one and then are continuing to bring out the other, there's no reason for this game to invoke the Legacy of Kane universe except to infuriate people like myself and to capitalize on a franchise that has been dead for a number of years. And if it was going to remain dead, that's just fine. But... To call it Nosgoth, to invoke uh, a franchise that is beloved by a lot of people, purely, purely to capitalize on the interest that people have in a legacy franchise, that frustrates me, and I don't see any sort of reason for them to have to do that, except just to be like, well, we could just have this a game about vampires and humans, but we got this Legacy of Kane franchise. 
it's it's just it's just frustrating because it's taking advantage of fans without rewarding the reason that they are fans in the first place. Uh, the game could be perfectly fine. It, it, maybe it'll be a lot of fun, and that's okay. Uh, but why does it have to be called Legacy of Kane? I think that they just set themselves up for failure, and there's a reason that when that trailer debuted on YouTube that they locked the comments because they knew where this was going. Someone in the chat just now made a, the salient point that this is this is probably the same argument you could have made when they announced that Syndicate first-person shooter when that came out. You mm-hmm. know, it's like that is not what you necessarily want when you look at the name Syndicate and you go, okay, oh, you're making a new Syndicate. Wait a minute, that's not the thing that I, I liked. Why are you making that thing? But it's not the thing that I liked. It's like you said, it's not rewarding the people who were interested in it to begin with uh, and while making something completely different with a name that you're familiar with. In this case, you know, in the case of Syndicate, Syndicate turned out pretty good. I sure. Um, I didn't love it as much as Jeff did, but I thought that was a pretty great game. This could be fine. This could be totally interesting and entertaining, but it does seem like an even more intensely divergent split from what, uh, from what people are familiar with with that stuff. Because like you said, those are games that are known for their storytelling. They're known for their characterizations. They're known for the, you know, the, the, the single-player progression of that stuff, you know, is, is why people play those games. And so to do a multiplayer thing that is, I think, theoretically free-to-play uh, and, you know, could be fine. It just doesn't seem like it has any of those tenets that of what, you know, you would expect if you were going in saying, yeah. I mean, I think that's why it's not called Legacy of Cain, whatever, Nosgoth. Is yeah. That what they, they, yeah. I'm saying it right? Okay. But... It could also still be fine. You could still there's pro, there could still be some you know element of that that you like in there, and there could still actually be some you know for all you know it could surprise. Yeah, you. And, and you know what that and, I would and say that, and and you know that's all completely true. And like putting aside like that is that is me fanboy ranting. Uh, you gotta you yeah. gotta feel for the developers in this scenario where you know they were assigned a project that was going to be the multiplayer pairing to a single player game from Crystal Dynamics and and in in this in this instance, this would be doing it right you know it's not shoehorning multiplayer into a game that doesn't need it it's saying let someone go off and do their own thing we'll make we'll do this multiplayer you know game set in the universe and it'll be free to play we'll be able to experiment with a different business model but the fans will be able to say whatever because we're building them this legacy of Kane game um and but we're not getting the other part, so instead we're just left with the the part that is sort of infuriating if you're you know if you're a fan. Um, so the, you know they're right to leave Legacy of Kane out of it, and if they're smart, uh, they won't do anything more to shoehorn sort of fiction into it uh, than than they are, because um, I think that'll just get people more frustrated. But yeah, I mean these people have been assigned to build something they thought was going to be paired with something else, and now it's not, and there's no way they can really win except if the game is really good. So, you know, I hope the game... It has to be good on its own merits. It has to be good completely removed from whatever fiction and whatever universe you're lifting from. It has to be an enjoyable game completely separate from that because that's the only way you're going to get people to talk nice about it. Because if it's just... If the only thing you have going for you is that you're kind of trading off an old franchise and it's not that great of a game otherwise, people are just going to eviscerate you. That's just that's just had the way of the game industry. So, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, so there's a beta. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's closed or open or what the deal is, but uh, I I am intensely interested in uh, in seeing what that is all about, and we'll attempt to go in with eyes wide open as much as possible. Um, 
a free-to-play multiplayer game, not sort of my thing, so we're sort of already stacking the deck here. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a problem. Uh, but right I, but I, I am at least, you know, just just for my, to satisfy my own curiosity, I would like to see what they've uh, been building. Um, Indeed. Uh, I got a couple of shorty things here. I don't know if you've got any uh, any other big headlines No, at this there's, point. there's short stuff. I, why don't we run through yours and we'll see if anything else yeah, stands out. Yeah, I was just going to say... Uh, some new details about Star Wars 1313 came out. Uh, there's actually an article up today on Kotaku sort of uh, going down some of the different projects that LucasArts uh, abandoned, including an HD Day of the Tentacle remake that was apparently almost done. Patrick, how sad are you about all this stuff right now? I mean, that stuff in particular is really frustrating because when they did the Secret of Mon Monkey Island uh, HD update, I mean, they did it as well as you can do one of those updates they gave you uh new art and they also let you switch back to the old art so if you didn't want to if you didn't like what they had done with the the updated graphics then that's fine go play the original yeah. game um and they seemed like that was a fucking template to to go in and go through all the other 2d games uh adventure games that they had put out of that era you know it gets a little more complicated once you get into like the 3D stuff like Grim Fandango because you've got 3D assets and pre-rendered backgrounds and you know right. that that's a, a taller order. But yeah, I mean I've I've never played Day of the Tentacle. Like you should, it's pretty. I good. bet and 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 it's pretty good game. And that's what I was looking forward to with uh, a, a lot of these 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 updates was an opportunity to go back and play these games uh, both in a modern context without but without losing uh, you know what they were beloved for in the first place. And I think it's just tragic, you know, and there, it seems like that, you know, in the house of Disney, we're never going to get no. any of that stuff because it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the scale of money that they're talking about uh, now. Um, I mean, maybe there's an opportunity, you know, I know Tim Schafer has talked about maybe having the ability to negotiate, uh, having double fine, maybe shepherd some of that stuff, you know, if they can sort of negotiate one-offs uh, with them, but you know, I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope, and that that bums me out because I, I that would have been really great to see all of those games available, you know, for modern machines and and with some some nice updates because they did it as well as they could have done with that that first Monkey Island. I thought. I highly recommend checking out that Kotaku article if you like making yourself sad because there's a whole lot of uh, abandoned stuff in there that that sounded like could have been pretty cool if things had not been um, horribly mismanaged over there for the last couple of years. Uh, lastly, South Park is coming this year. How excited December are you? 10th. How excited is Alex Navarro? Extremely. Uh, I'm glad it's it's making it under the wire this year. You know, there's going to be plenty to play uh, over the course of December, certainly, especially with the 7,000 games that are coming out between November 15th and November 27th. But uh, that said, I will make time for South Park. I will I will go out of my way to make sure I can play that because that game looked pretty goddamn fun the last time I saw it. Yeah, I, I think South Park is a game that is, we always get these December games and, and you're never quite sure how to deal with them, whether it's going to be the kind of December game that's being put out in December because, ah, we want to get it out before Christmas and it's not it's not going to be that good. Or it's one of those December yeah. games that it's just the way it worked out and it could be a secret game of the year contender. And, like, I have a sneaking suspicion that South Park could be one of those games that ends up on my personal top ten. Uh, so it could, yeah. 
I also think that they're trying to time it toward the end of the next South Park, of this current South Park season, because it just premiered this week. And I think that if they're doing the number of episodes I think they're doing, that should time out to about the time when that season ends, okay. I think. So that would make some sense as well. So and the, the new, here's hoping it's good. Yeah, the new trailer was funny. Uh, you know, yeah. all the trailers continue to sort of play up uh, the humor and the cutscene stuff, as opposed to a whole lot of the gameplay. Not going to say that worries me, because... If I was Ubisoft or THQ Marketing, that's what I would do too. Uh, that's how you want to sell this to a wider audience. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I want this to be amazing, and I'm really, Make it I'm good. really hoping that uh, it's going to be good. Um, a bunch of people in the chat are saying they they don't know what kind of game it is. I'm telling you, it's Paper Mario with cursing. I've seen it. Uh. I've seen people actually play it, and it is straight up like turn-based rpg combat in a world where you were wandering around as a 2d character and it is it is pretty fucking great what i've seen of it so i'm hoping that it actually uh it, it turns out that you know to be to sustain that for however many dozens of hours it ends up being so and they have cited earthbound as a major inspiration for developing this game. By, which great so great by all means and, I, and by that i mean matt and trey not not obsidian uh those right those guys you would not necessarily uh pin as old school jrpg lovers but you know you go read some interviews with them and yeah they they know their shit as much as you would expect uh someone like them to to know their shit so um i mean there's some other small stuff That's all I got. let's see you know they're, they're they're teasing the next persona game it appears uh looks like there will be a yeah. persona 5 announcement uh, in late november um i'm very much looking forward to finally playing persona 4 the golden uh when it gets cold uh that that seems like a perfect winter game so oh totally because that's that's the sort of thing you just sort of curl up next to a fire and just sit there and play for hours and hours on end but i'm curious how excited are you for persona 4 ultimate the ultimax ultra suplex hold i mean those games don't hold any reverence for me because i haven't played the games yet uh, like half of you reason you want to play these okay well how excited are you about that oh title? it's amazing and i think I, yeah. I jeff's video title on the site is goddamn incredible too um yeah, I, that's that's a good name. That's a really good name. Yeah. Um, Toon Link added to Smash Brothers. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's all I have to Wind say. Wind Waker's so hot right now. It's so hot. Um, this Xbox Fitness stuff I think could be really interesting. Uh, it leaked, uh, but basically it's going to be a subscription-based service that has all sorts of different trainers, and there are references to having like p90x and and some other things that are are trendy in the fitness world uh as part of your xbox and i've always i've goofed around with the idea of doing p90x and i think i would sign up for an xbox fitness thing just to give it a shot uh so if that stuff works uh they they could have me interested um and the last thing i saw was uh kingdom kingdoms of amalur ip auction uh, starts on november 14th uh, including uh, things like Rise of Nations uh, is going to be up for sale. Uh, I'll be curious. Oh, so it's basically everything that that other studio that they bought had under their IP list. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the uh, Project Copernicus is going to be up for sale, too. No one ended up buying that. Right. Um, I'll be curious to see if anyone buys the assets. Um, but, you know, if no one bought it at this point, uh, I think the ship has sailed on anyone even coming in and finishing uh, that uh, I should have mentioned. Oh, that that game's never gonna happen. Never gonna. Happen, yeah, so. yeah. I sh- I guess I should have mentioned slightly earlier. But if people have questions, shoot them to me in the chat. Um, just at me, and we will pluck a few as we 
as we start to wind down uh, this show, um, do you have anything on the docket that you're going to be playing this weekend? This weekend is mostly going to be more GTA. Uh, I'm going to finally start in on uh, the Wind Waker Redux, which I downloaded last week, but I've not had a chance to, to sit down and play yet. Uh, I'm going to take so many goddamn selfies in that game. It's going to be ridiculous. Uh, other than that, I'm I have a bunch of games I'll be playing next week, so I'm just I'm going to try and get through as much of my my backlog this week as I can this weekend. Yeah, that's 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 kind of my plan too. Is like I have made precious little progress in Grand Theft Auto. Um, and I started looking at the, the release lineup and I, I've, I've got time. Like there's not a whole lot in between now and when things really kick off at the end of October where you've got Batman, uh, Uncharted or, uh, Assassin's Creed four. Um, and then of course there's a lot of stuff coming in, in November. Uh, probably the big game I'm looking forward to in October is, uh, the Stanley parable, um, which will the, the full on, uh, sequel remake thing. It will be coming out in October. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, After that weird-ass demo we saw at PAX, I'm definitely curious about that one as well. Yeah. Uh, MonkeyMan04, he's asking a question a couple people were asking before. Uh, is your TEDx talk going to be filmed? Uh, yeah, uh, from what I understand, it will be uh, live-streamed and archived uh, so you everyone can watch me crash and burn live on the Internet. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have that um, run on the site. Uh, when that's when that's happening because why not if, if i'm gonna burn i might as well burn publicly in front of everyone that is fucking ominous <laughs> i wasn't even looking i was looking at the chat when that happened i just freaked the hell out of me yeah uh degsy bright asks when do you think the kickstarter slash crowdfunding bubble is going to burst what do you think alex is it gonna burst is there a burst happening uh, well, if a game makes $20 million through crowdfunding and then somehow doesn't come out, that would probably be a pretty good way, uh, for that, that to burst, but I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that, saying that will happen. I'm just, you know, it's going to take some really big spectacular failure for that to happen. Like some big noteworthy game, like that, those double fine games would have to not come out for that bubble to finally kind of burst. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll come out eventually by just, you know, it's going to take some giant disaster for that to finally, uh, kill this whole thing. If it's going to be killed at all. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think everything could fail and it's still going to stick around. Um, I think it might make yeah. people more cautious. It might make the kind of projects we see uh, change a little bit. You know, I definitely think we're starting to hit the bottom of the barrel in terms of pulling out nostalgic um, IP or at least some, some. What? You're telling me that James Pond isn't the one that, you know, you're, you're not, you're not super excited about a James Pond remake. You're not looking for Boogerman to, to, you know, you know what? I would, I would way. get behind a, a Boogerman sequel. I got an email about Boogerman the other day. Someone's trying to bring back Boogerman. I can't remember if it's through crowdfunding or not, but, uh, someone, someone is apparently working on some sort of Boogerman thing right now. If you want to leave the games press and go be the creative director of a new Boogerman, Alex, I would not judge you. I don't have that uh, in my 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 list. My, it's not on my bucket list, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't think so. It's uh, yeah. I, I, Chris Trammell, uh is is working on a new Boogerman. It is not a crowdfunding project that I'm aware uh, of. But, uh, there's, there's, there's apparently some new Boogerman going on. Video game industry. Oh, they do have a Kickstarter campaign. There is a, there's a, there's a Boogerman Kickstarter out there right now. Hey, you should go what? look for it. Shut up. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's up yet or not, but apparently they're 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 they are going to try and reboot Boogerman. Oh, on Kickstarter. it's just that is happening. <laughs> Kill me now. I was I was. Oh, the guy who emailed was so happy to talk to us about I was, it. I was oh. being facetious. Ah. Uh, yeah. 
Let's see. Ba 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 ba. Drop a bomb on it. Says, do you think the Steam machines will have any effect on the sales of next-gen consoles? No. No. Uh, it's you know for that to have any effect in the wider market is is way too early. You know that it's gonna take a lot. It's gonna take long, sustained success for that to actually start impacting what all the other companies are already doing. Yeah, yeah. Not to say that there won't eventually be some sort of impact, but I, I think it is far yeah. too early for anything like that to happen. Are they coming to arrest you? It gets real loud here when the sirens start coming around. I don't. It's not much I can do about no, it. Unfortunately. I know. Um, let's see. Oh, Ted Muerte has a really good question for you, Alex. Why did you put up another Assassin's Creed Four trailer? Uh, I don't know. It had been a couple of weeks <laughs> since we did one. Has it been a couple and of weeks? It'd been a couple of weeks, and you know, I I felt like I had a pirate joke to make so i was like all right fuck it i'll throw this one up why not okay you know? all right as long as, no as as long as you felt like you had a joke to go with it yeah you know i wasn't like stretching i mean if i felt like i couldn't come up with anything to say about it i probably just been like eh, whatever but no you know i just i figured why not pirates yeah. uh monkey stick ass have you checked out the horror game damned on steam uh no someone linked to me uh that earlier today i guess it's a multiplayer uh horror game i don't know exactly what that means but mm. that sounds that sounds like something fun that we should check out um vinnie and i had a lot of fun doing cry of fear uh, back when i was in the office uh so uh maybe we'll think about trying to do something with damned but it's an early access game and we're, we're always pretty careful about how we handle that stuff and horror games in particular are uh, strange for early access because it's all about the nuance and the scares so the idea of playing a horror game before it's finished is kind of inherently not that interesting uh, to me um, but we'll see that I, I've had a couple people link me to it and uh, I think that would be fun uh, to check out um, early access to horror game horror not actually in game yet. yeah yeah that's well, I mean yeah that's <laughs> yeah that's pretty accurate actually yeah hmm um, not sure there's too much else. Oh, the I guess the Legacy of King game is called Dead Sun, as pointed out by Common mm. Reason. So if people want to look that up, do Google search. Um, there is a bunch of stuff out there on that. But I think uh, I think that's going to wrap us up. I think that's enough I think so. for Bombing in the AM. Um, well, we already talked about what we're doing this weekend. So I guess well, I'm going to... I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna fade. I'm gonna fade into the mist. Oh, I'm gonna fade oh. into the mist. Alex, I will see you on Monday. Oh.